1: Welcome
2: to College Football Live, presented by Zillow.
3: You are looking live at Pato High School in Katy, Texas. David Hicks, Jr is the number 17 recruit in the nation, and he is just moments away from announcing his commitment live right here with us on College Football Live. Six players in the top 25 of the 2023 ESPN 300 are uncommitted, including a pair of defensive tackles. One of them, David Hicks, the number 17th ranked player in this year's class. ESPN College Football reporter Tom Van Herren joins us now and tell us Tom, what we need to know about David Hicks Jr.
1: Well, we have him listed as a defensive tackle, but he has the size to play on the interior, but he's got the athleticism to play on the outside as well. He's a versatile prospect. A ton of schools were after him. He actually had 13 sacks last season for his high school team. He had Miami, Alabama, Texas, Texas A&M, Michigan State, Oklahoma, all is his top schools and you can see in this film he's a playmaker he's a disruptive player and a lot of a lot of coaches could see that early on for him a lot of coaches recruited him very early in the process so I listed those schools Wendy I think Oklahoma and Texas A&M Probably the two schools that were mentioned the most, Brent Venables, the new coach at Oklahoma, trying to come in and steal a Texas prospect away. But the Aggies are right there, too. They've had a lot of success with defensive linemen over the past few years. Uh, We'll see which way he goes. I think this was a very close race. Both schools put their best foot forward, and we'll see where he ends up next.
3: All right, little question they are watching just like we are, no time like the present, and so we'll send you out to Katy, Texas, where we were here, from David Hicks, Jr. Guys?
0: Um, first of all, I would like to thank God for blessing me with, my, with the talent and ability that afforded me the opportunity to stand here today. Secondly, I'd like to thank my parents and my step-parents for the countless hours of mental physical and spiritual preparation as a person on and off the field to my family and friends coaches and teammates thank you all for the support and motivation to all of the college coaches that saw something in me and offered me the opportunity to play at the next level i appreciate you thank you for allowing me the opportunity to learn about your program each of you have impacted me in different ways any player who plays for any of you will be developed by the best to those that come after me, work hard, stay humble, set goals, and the sky's the limit. With that being said, I will be attending my next three to four years at Texas A&M University. Get well,
4: there
3: you have it and Tom was correct. Certainly Texas A&M one of the final schools in the running and the Aggies it is again the number three defensive tackle at least how we have him listed in the ESPN 300 number 17 overall and with little doubt the current pride of Katy Texas. So we get an opportunity now to talk to David after he's made his decision official and David I'm told uh, that in fact you've been recruited by Texas A&M since you were young since the eighth grade Tom tells us. So what was that finally made your decision?
0: Um, really my family, my friends, my coaches, and just just the, the family from everybody around me just really helped me make this big decision in my life.
1: David, David you, you told me a couple days ago that this decision came down to the wire. You just made it a few days ago. How did you really decide between the two schools, Oklahoma and Texas A&M, what put the Aggies over the top?
0: Really just relationships did and how close it was to home Uh, is right down the street from Katie. And I feel like I'm not done yet in the state of Texas.
3: Well, there's no question, David, that you're not. And uh, just about, what, 81 miles between Katy, Texas, and College Station. So how pleased are you that mom and dad and your family, extended family, can make that trip relatively easily?
0: It's good because now they can come see me whenever they want to, literally an hour away, check in whenever they want to.
3: All right. That's what high school seniors say. College freshmen sometimes say it, say it differently. But, David, congratulations. We look forward to watching the next step in your career. Uh, again headed to Texas A&M and you can take a look now at the Aggies recruiting class of course they've been known last year they sort of won the recruiting race if you will not exactly the same situation here although certainly they have some top defensive players for the ESPN 300 defensive tackles have committed to Texas A&M that is the most of any school as I say hello to Stanford Steve and Roddy Jones and again Texas A&M made all kind of headlines this year on both ends of the spectrum Roddy but what this mean and how does this Address some of what they'll need not only uh, well not this year but in the in the coming years.
2: Well, last year, Wendy, it felt like Texas A&M had a monopoly on defensive line talent with all the guys that they brought in. And a lot of those guys have shown up this year. Guys like Shamar Stewart and LT Overton have already made impacts. So I think it just continues that. It's very clear how Jimbo Fisher wants to build this thing. He wants to do it on the lines of scrimmage. And that defensive line in particular is going to be a big part of it. We saw how much success Georgia had stacking defensive line classes on top of each other, resulting in that great defense last year. And I think that's what Jimbo Fisher's trying to model uh, in College Station.
5: Yeah, Roddy, right. it's, it's this is the fun stuff, right? Texas A&M fans keep pumping their chest about how many recruits they have coming in, and then naysayers say, when is it going to result to results on the field? <laughs> so we have exactly what we had all offseason, last off season, and we're here again. Congrats to Texas A&M on getting a fine player.
3: Again, they certainly do, and it sounds like it came down to Oklahoma, Texas A&M, it's the Aggies, and again, four of the ESPN 300 top defensive tackles. All right, it is a busy day here on College Football Live. Fresh off a win over the Gators, Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker joins the show. He'll talk about what's next and the sky-high expectations on Rocky Top. And what a weekend on deck with four top 25 matchups to look forward to. We ask, what will the college football landscape look like when the dust settles on Sunday?
2: College Football Live is presented by Zillow. There's no place like Zillow.
3: You're watching College Football Live,
2: presented by Zillow.
1: It will head to overtime in a classic here in the ACC. He throws to the
5: end zone, Caught! Touchdown and an emotional win for
1: the Clemson Tigers. They're four and all for the first time in 13 years.
4: Yeah, I'm just throwing punches, then it's all never ducking. I'm always fighting for something.
0: Never... He bust one. ball comes loose. It's a fumble. Albert
5: Middle Tennessee, shocking Miami. It's going to
0: be a tough week down in Core
5: I told you they were going to break, and they did. The country's going to find out. Everything runs through
1: leather. Martinez, captain himself. Great decision. Touchdown. There is joy. On Rocky Top. Tennessee wins
5: it. This is college football as good as it gets, man. Rocky Top back. Let's go.
3: Joining us now, Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker. And Hendon, recognizing that every game technically counts the same. How good did it feel to beat Florida?
4: Uh, it felt great. You know, um, going in and getting a, a SEC win is always a tough task. And, and just being able to go out there and – uh, you know play hard and and support our um you know our university and put on a show for the fans as well it was a blessing
5: and I got to ask what the last couple of days have been like you know we talked about a huge win against a division rival you know campus is crazy game days there fans are as happy as they've ever been in campus are you able to go out for a meal with your buddies or is it more of, you know, eat back at the crib and, you know, get some Uber Eats or, or, or Grubhub and, and, mm-hmm. and eat, eat at home?
4: Yeah, really during game day, it's so packed um, everywhere in Knoxville that uh, you have no choice but to go eat at home. If you want to eat in a, in a, a okay. quick <laughs> matter of time, um, we, always, we always go home to uh, Joe Sketti and that's, that's uh, Joe Milton's secret recipe of spaghetti. So, you know, we okay. always uh, have a great time at the house after the game.
3: Hendon, I have to believe though they would make room for you. Okay, let's be clear about that. You're going to jump to the front of the line, uh, but but you didn't hear it from me. This is an offense that is clearly clicking on all cylinders. That's really been the case since the start of the season. Hendon, what has allowed you to feel so comfortable in this offense?
4: Just repetition, um, continuing to translate things that we learn in the classroom and in meetings to the, the practice field, and then translating that to game field. Um, actions and our guys are putting in so much work and we spent so much time together that the chemistry has just began to increase and the offense is beginning to just gel and, and mesh in a great way. And it's shown uh, during game time situations.
5: And then you mentioned that, uh, you know, repetition, but I got to think about before the half, you guys get a touchdown and coming out of the half, you get another touchdown and that really turned the game in your favor. But I go back to the game at Pittsburgh. How much did you learn about your team in the first time facing adversity on the road, trailing in a game, ultimately winning it in overtime? How much did you find out about your team in those circumstances?
4: Learned tons. Uh we we're, we're put into different situations in the offseason. Uh you know, during fall camp, coach Hyper will put us in different situations to go win ball games. It might be us starting on our five and and you know uh, driving the whole field or it might be us, you know, starting on the one yard line and it's a two point conversion to win the game in overtime. Um, it's a lot of different things that we do to prepare, but just the mental aspect of, of our guys being completely locked in and having a competitive composure um, is, is amazing. And, and the growth that we've made from last year to this year uh, was a great thing to see and um, was also a testament of us moving forward throughout the season.
3: Yeah, Hendon, look, that growth has been obvious to just about everybody who's watched Tennessee football. I know you have a Mm. bye week, and then you'll get back to work. Uh, We certainly look forward to watching. Best of luck the rest of the way. Thank you. Meanwhile, there's five AP top-ranked matchup this week as we do a bit of channel surfing and take a look at a few. Number 14, Ole Miss hosts number seven, Kentucky. That game is at noon, the second time these two teams have met with both ranked in the AP poll. The last time in 1958, both are 4-0 but have played the easiest schedules in the SEC thus far. To the Big 12, number 16 Baylor hosting number nine Oklahoma State. Baylor has won four of the last five against the Cowboys at home, but the last one stung a 39 point defeat in 2020. The Cowboys have won their three games by a combined 29 points this season. about Nick Saban in Alabama? They head to Arkansas. Since Saban took over in Tuscaloosa, the Tide are 15-0 against the Razorbacks, and that's tied for the third longest winning streak against an SEC opponent in program history. And in the ACC, Florida State and Wake Forest will meet in Tallahassee. Florida State plays for the first time, ranked for the first time since 2018, and Wake coming off that double overtime loss to number five Clemson. The Seminoles are 9-2 and two in the last 11 games that Jordan Travis has started. Uh, a lot of great games this weekend. Stanford, Steve, will know a lot more this time next week. What intrigues you among these?
5: I think it's the early one in the Grove, you know, earlier than people want to go to a game in the Grove. That's Ole Miss taking on Kentucky, (laughs) Kentucky going on the road there. And we finally get to learn about Ole Miss. You touched on it. The schedule has not been strong when you compare it to other teams in the SEC, but that Ole Miss offense, they have, they're one of two teams in the country that have three guys average over six yards of carry and they're averaging 280 yards on the ground. I believe that's third in FBS. And here comes Kentucky battle tested Didn't look great last week against Northern Illinois, but the key was they still got the win. We know they went to the swamp and got a win, but how does that O-line travel to the Grove? They weren't great. They haven't been great all season. New guys filling in as they have three guys on NFL rosters on that line from last year. So what does that O-line look like on the road in a tough game at Ole Miss? I think that's what dictates this game.
2: Well, Steve, I'm glad that's over because that means the Georgia Tech highlights that Ole Miss had don't play anymore, is it? It felt a little (laughs) bit like rubbing salt in the wound with what my jackets have gone through this week. Uh, But I'm looking in the ACC with Wake going down to Tallahassee and certainly a game that could be affected by weather. And the way that weather affects this game is trivial compared to what people are going through with Hurricane Ian. But nonetheless, Wake Forest took Clemson down to the wire. This is a Wake team that's incredibly experienced. Sam Hartman played at a really high level. And they were able to take advantage of a young Clemson secondary down the field. The question is, can they do that against Florida State, particularly if weather is involved? Florida State undefeated. They've run the ball fantastically in this in the early part of the season with with Treshaun Ward and Trey Benson and Lawrence Fili. Jordan Travis is playing at an unreal level at quarterback. That Wake defense was pretty stingy against the run a week ago against Clemson after that first Will Chipley run. So this is one of the most fascinating games of the weekend and one that could really have some impact on the Atlantic Division race in the ACC.
3: And certainly you have to believe, Roddy, Wake Forest has expended a lot of emotional energy. Yeah. I know they came up short against Clemson, but that was a game that went to overtime, and they certainly went toe-to-toe. Both quarterbacks playing some outstanding football. Clemson, by the way, set to host NC State, and that game, too, likely affected by weather, although it is currently to go on as scheduled. It has certainly been a season of surprises. Some quarterbacks in particular have exceeded expectations. There are others who have fallen short. Clemson Tigers, by the way, as I mentioned, set to host NC State. Uh, Mother Nature will be a factor there. We'll play quarterback stock up and stock down. Talk about this season's surprises when we come back.
2: College Football Live is presented by Zillow. There's no place like Zillow.
3: I'm not sure it's going to look exactly like that this weekend in Clemson, but you never know. The Tigers welcome NC State to Death Valley where they have won 36 straight games. That's the longest active streak in the FBS and just one shy of matching Florida State's record for the longest in ACC history. So they can tie that with a win over NC State Roddy listen you know we talk about Clemson we finally saw DJU really play up to par uh, over the weekend although he was certainly matched by Sam Hartman uh, how confident are you in Clemson are there still things you think the Tigers need to fix to be a serious contender
2: I am. I am still confident about Clemson, but yes, there are things they need to fix, and I think it starts with that secondary. Wake Forest was really able to take advantage of them down the field in one-on-one coverage, and the Clemson defensive backs committed so many pass interference penalties—ten penalties total, five of them pass interference, a couple more holdings. So it's a young group right now because they're banged up on the back end. Guys like uh, guys like Nate Wiggins and, and Jaden Lucas—they they have and Toriano pride those guys have to show more composure at the top of routes especially on those jump balls that that Wake Forest do down the field so they've got to really improve there
5: I look at the offensive side Roddy and when you look at DJ last week best game of the year by far but I also look at the balance of the offense and to me everybody's going to talk about the quarterback everybody gets to talk about the receivers I'm here to talk about the offensive line they need to be more consistent, whether it's run or pass. Only over a little over 100 yards rushing against Georgia Tech, who's not a good team. No offense, I'm not going to talk about my alma mater either. But then I also look at last week. You talked about it earlier in the show. Shipley breaks off a big run, 51 yards to start it, and then it's a little over 100 yards after that against Wake Forest, who's a defense that I could get, I think, could get got. So I look at Clemson's offensive line. As, a, as an area for sure that they need to improve on, and they have to be better against that front seven against NC State this week if they want to win this game.
3: One thing they have done, guys, is take advantage of opportunity. The Tigers have scored on all 24 trips in the red zone. That's the second-longest <laughs> streak in a season under Davo's tenure. All right, stand for Steve, we don't call you that for nothing. Let's play a little bit of quarterback stock up, stock down, if you will. Give me a quarterback who's played his way uh, into better company.
5: Yeah, we just talked about the Clemson game last week and I look at the guy who unfortunately took the loss in that game and that's Sam Hartman awake Wake Forest. I thought he was spectacular against Clemson knowing what Clemson brings to the table from a front four standpoint and just coming into the season, you know, the injury missing a lot of camp not knowing how he was going to look to start this season. He was fantastic last week, six touchdowns, 20-29, of you know, throwing the ball. So, I think another big spot is Roddy Touchdown going to Tallahassee this week. But my stock is up on Sam Hartman for sure.
2: Steve, I completely agree with you on Sam Hartman, especially with the way that the season started with the medical scare. It's been great to see him back. Uh, But I'm going to go with Michael Penix Jr. The transfer from Indiana goes to Washington. Mm. This is a guy that now leads the nation in pass yards, leads the Pac-12 in touchdown passes. And Kalen DeBoer has had great quarterback play for the last few years. Jake Haner at, at Fresno State. Now he's come over to Washington with Michael Penix. And, and Penix has just been absolutely fantastic. It feels like this offense fits him like a glove. He's been accurate at all three levels. So Michael Penix definitely stock up this season.
3: I know we played just four games, but those statistics are still pretty strong for Michael Penix. All right, there's two sides to every coin. Steve, <laughs> a quarterback whose stock is down temporarily, we hope.
5: Yeah, if we were going to draft the quarterbacks in the ACC before the season, I was going to take Brendan Armstrong of of Virginia. I just love what he brought to the table last year. Threw for 31 touchdowns and 10 picks. And this year, Tony Elliott's system comes in, just doesn't look comfortable, and the accuracy is what bothers me. He's only completing about 52% of his passes, three touchdowns, Four interceptions, brought his team back last week against undefeated Syracuse, but just couldn't pull it off of the end. I expect him to get better, but right now, Armstrong is a stock down for me.
2: I'm going to stay in the ACC and go down to Miami. Tyler Van Dyke was a guy that was getting first-round hype a year ago, got benched in the middle of the third quarter against Middle Tennessee. Uh, He has looked uncomfortable in this new Josh Gattis offense, out of sync with his receivers. So, Tyler Van Dyke is a guy with all the talent in the world, but just has not looked comfortable with this new look under Mario Cristobal and Josh Gattis' season.
3: Funny you guys both went ACC because we talked about the ACC having the deepest stable of quarterbacks before the start of the season. The latest Mm. on Hurricane Ian tomorrow, more College Football Live. We'll see you then.